Welcome to Wealth Mindset, a place where there is equal opportunity. A place where you decide, flourish, and commit. Where you have the freedom to be and thrive. Don't just fuel your passion, but walk in truth, in your divine purpose. Reap the rewards God has for you. Join us while we take a look inside the purpose mindset, where we look at business sense, money matters, money matters coins and currency, and checks and balances. We talk about, we talk growing, about your network, growing your network, net worth, and net income for your family and the community. Let's empower Black families and support UMERadio.com. Don't also forget UDMIBrands.com and FamilyAllTheWay.com. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and happy Saturday, beautiful people. Hope you guys are having a supernatural Saturday thus far. I am Marsha Gay Miles, and it's my pleasure to welcome you this morning to the Wealth Mindset Show. Now, this show really and truly is established on the word, right? And the word says that we are transformed when our minds are renewed. A wealthy life is therefore a product of a wealthy mind. So the Wealth Mindset is a show that seeks to renew the mind with proven plans and principles and philosophies that will establish the right paradigms for prosperity in all areas of life. With the Wealth Mindset, entrepreneurs and wealth seekers will be empowered to activate, innovate, create, elevate, and serve in order to thrive not just survive. We will inspire people of color to create wealth, to leave an inheritance for their children's children and a legacy in them. A legacy that creates a brand new generation of wealthy mindsets. Again, I am Marsha Gay Miles and I am streaming to you live from Kingston, Jamaica. Now I am a digital wealth creator. I am a digital entrepreneur. And I also am an investor in the digital space. All fantastic, right? Uh, as a leader as well in the space of financial education and empowerment, I have identified a common factor that seems to plague the majority who also seek financial enrichment. One that I dare to say even rivals financial literacy. And that is a weak wealth mindset. It has even affected me. It is a journey for so many of us. Now, how do you know that you have a weak wealth mindset? Well, the thing is, a lot of us already know that we are to do certain things to create wealth in all areas of our lives. We know, we have the information, we have the education, we may even have you know some mentorship some guidance some coaching but somehow we're actually struggling to apply it we're struggling with the implementation if you, if that is your struggle that is your indication that there is something 
deeper happening here. There is something um, that needs to be addressed. You may be experiencing the weak wealth mindset. So this show is actually here to address, to bring to the surface these matters. We seek to develop and to strengthen your mindset. So once your mind is properly set, <laughs> you will be set up to create the wealth you desire in all areas of your life. So again, welcome to the Wealth Mindset Show. Now, today's hot topic, I've titled it The Debt Disaster. The Debt Disaster. D-E-B-T, right? I know I'm from the Caribbean, so that may have translated a little differently, but I'm talking about debt. Now, the total personal debt in the U.S. is at an all-time high of $14.96 trillion, ladies and gentlemen, trillion. That's 12 zeros behind that, okay? And this is a report for this year, spring of 2021, according to the Federal Reserve. A CNBC article that you're going to be seeing here, published on November the 18th, ladies and gentlemen, that's two days ago, cited that the average American has over 90,000 US dollars in debt. An estimated 77% of American households have at least some type of debt. The less your income, it's the easier to pile on debt. That obvious lesson hit home in 2020. We all saw what happened, right? Spurred by COVID-19 pandemic and an economic jolt, a negative economic jolt. The unemployment rate went up. Before pandemic, it was only 3%. Since pandemic, a whopping 14.8%, only one year later. This is the highest level in over six decades. Now, I'm going to define debt so that we can understand what we're talking about here. Debt is simply owing any money to anybody for any reason. So if you have debt, you most likely have agreed on some kind of terms of repayment. And those terms mean specific payments are to be made at specific times until that debt is paid off. And typically when you have debt, you're also paying a little bit more. It's called interest because the person that loaned you the money is charging you for the inconvenience of not having their money. And also, you know, the risk of probably you not paying it. So that is debt. Now, borrowing money is actually often an important part of a long-term financial plan. Um, we always hear that wealthy people actually don't ever use their own money. They leverage. So borrowing money is, is customary, whether it's to access higher education, whether it's to um, improve your career opportunities, whether it's to become a phenomenal investor. Borrowing money and in acquiring debt is normal. It is normal. But because it involves risk, because it can be expensive, and because you're paying this interest and, and so on and so forth, a lot of people, because of the lack of financial education, I spoke about it earlier, financial literacy rate is very low. Most people don't understand how to handle this kind of debt. They don't understand how to manage their loans. So it's not uncommon for consumers to make a few common mistakes while learning how 
these credit card work or establishing these money habits. So a lot of us learn from experiences, right? And some of the experiences, they don't feel very good. Now, I know I spoke about the average household having over 90,000 in debt. There are different kinds of debt. We have credit card, you have personal loans, you have mortgages, you have home equity loans, auto car loans. But, you know, we speak about the fact that we have different age groups, right? Let's look at the debt per age group. Um, we have the Gen Z. So Gen Z, the young people just coming into adulthood between 18 to 23. Then millennials, 24. If you're 24 years to 39 years, I'm still a millennial. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, then you are also in that age group. Millennials, Gen X. 40 to 55, baby boomers, 56 to 74, silent generation, ages 75 and above. Please look at your screen and you will see who has the largest debt for their age group. Gen X, you're going to be seeing 135,000, the average debt for people between 40 to 55. Now, it's understandable. That's the age group when persons are now you know, taking on the auto car loans, taking on the mortgages, taking, fixing their houses. If they got their houses when they were in their late 20s or 30s, they're taking out these home equity loans. So they're taking on the most to then establish their lives for whatever purposes they want to do that for. And then, of course, they reduce as time goes on. But a whopping 135,000 average, that's amazing. But ladies and gentlemen, here is what I find phenomenal we are still experiencing COVID-19. The economic jolt is still current. And with cost of living going up, inflation all across the board is at an all time high, meaning the, the amount of money that your dollar, I mean, the, the value of your dollar. So what your dollar could have bought before, it can't buy as much. Your money is not worth as much as it was before. So your money isn't worth as much. The cost of things are going up and persons, if they're blessed to even still have a job, are earning the same amount of money because most employers are unable in this economic climate to give a pay raise. And some are even actually earning on an average less per hour because you're now working more hours. So if your work day has increased from eight hours to 12, because I spoke about it last week, the great resignation your co-workers are leaving you now need to take on more load you're working more days a week and you're not getting a pay raise ladies and gentlemen persons to maintain the lifestyle are going to take on more debt now what's interesting i'm speaking about figures in america the first world country one of the leading economies in the world i'm from jamaica so this experience kind of paints a picture of what most other countries will be experiencing. And there's a saying in Jamaica or in the Caribbean, when America sneezes, we catch cold. Meaning if they're having the problem, we're going to have it even worse. Let's look at what some of our, um, our, our, our viewers are saying. Our viewers are saying a few things, their comments, very interesting here. Let's see, produce all these comments. Hmm, this demonstrates why we must be grateful Okay, that's a comment. Okay, that's a comment that from, from before. But we have to be grateful what, what, with what we have. A lot of us don't know how blessed we are. We, we should be grateful. 
Yes, that is so true. I'm grateful every day. Like if you go on my social media every day, I'm thinking of the three things. I'm talking about my internet. I'm talking about the fact that I can get up and have a shower still. Food never lacking a meal. Like I am so grateful that this economic climate and what I do has allowed me to supersede and float above what is happening, but the majority are being impacted. Somebody else is saying, MIM Masterclass is saying, I'm thankful I do not have that kind of debt. Hallelujah. My, 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 it's a lot of money to owe. Listen, the beautiful thing, at least in America, is that they have over 300 million in the population. So it's spread out, it's spread out. And some are on the lower end of the spectrum, some are on the higher end of the spectrum. What so many of us need to do is to now become aware that is it. We need to take a pause and become mindful that there may be a deeper problem. Like I mentioned before, so many don't know where their problem lies. So many don't understand the root of their problems. Some won't even acknowledge they have one. And the sooner you make the discovery is the sooner we get on the path of recovery. Well, luckily for us, today's guest may actually have a cure for that. She has actually been through that herself. As a college graduate with a lot of student loan debt, tens of thousands in debt, but then she herself became mindful and started her journey to recovery. She has been debt-free for over nine years. I'm clapping to that. And now she lives a life of purpose, helping others to understand by educating and empowering and equipping them with the strategies that she herself has used to step into debt freedom. Let's clap for debt freedom. I'm, I'm here for that, for sure. Now, her name is Charlene Tilbani. She's a chartered accountant, a money coach that teaches others to break free from financial stress. And I can tell you right now, 77% of Americans are looking for this information right now. Today, we'll be di discussing mindfulness and money. So mindfulness speaks to being very aware. And so I'm so grateful to have you here on this conversation, Charlene, to speak to us about your journey and also to share with us how we can also overcome. So Charlene, welcome to the, the, the Wealth Mindset Show. <laughs> Thank you, Marcia Gates. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy um, to have you. Yes, I'm looking <laughs> forward to this conversation. So am I. Well, let's get into it, shall we? Now, as I mentioned, mindfulness speaks to being very aware of something. Charlene, when it comes to money, why is it firstly so important to be mindful, to be aware of the current state of your money? So the reality is true change cannot happen until you become aware of exactly your position, mm. right? Many of us stick our head in the sand. We know that there is a problem there, but like the ostrich, we stick our heads in the sand and we pretty much ignore the problem. We ignore the situation. We have the feeling of anxiety, the feeling of stress, the feeling of being perplexed, but we don't pause to stop and to see what exactly is going on. And in my experience and with working with other persons, I've realized that the minute you stop and you assess exactly where you are and where you want to go. That's when the, it's as if the light bulbs go off and then 
you finally realize that there is a way out. So the very, very, very first step is to pretty much become aware of your position, become aware of where your money is, aware of how much money you owe, aware of where your money that you're earning every month or every week is going, and only then can you actually start to make some positive change in the direction in which you want to go to. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. I mean, I have been there myself. Mm-hmm. And I totally agree. And I understand why we want to just stick our heads in the sand. Mm-hmm. So many people just don't want to face the realities of their situation. Some are ashamed, some are guilty, feeling guilt, fearful, because I get, most don't think there's a way out. So that's where a lot of the fear and overwhelm and anxiety comes in. But they say the first step to recovery is acknowledging mm-hmm. and admitting that there is a problem. And the same is true when it comes to money. So can you emphasize for us why accepting it and acknowledging the money situation is a key step to money recovery? Yes. So I believe in order, again, in order for you to make the change, right, you have to become aware of the fact that there is a problem. Then you have to accept the fact that there is an issue. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was in debt, I, for the first like five to seven years of my professional life, I knew that there was a problem because I was always broke. There was always a gap. You know, there is all, there was always um, this feeling of anxiety, this feeling of stress, this feeling of why am I earning money? And by the third week of the month, I'm broke and I'm having to rely on my credit card. So not until I stopped, I paused and I decided that I had to make a change. I accepted the fact that there was indeed a problem. That was when I started to make moves towards adjusting my situation to actually making steps to pay off this debt. So I believe that you have to accept the situation for what it is, acknowledge the fact that there is a problem, and then accept responsibility for your role in the situation because there are situations where we we end up in debt because of you know unforeseen circumstances like medical emergencies or i've worked with women who you know are in debt because of a divorce but there are others who end up in debt because of overspending because of pretty much giving into impulse purchases right? Giving in into the feeling of wanting to fit in with the Joneses and not taking the time to assess your values and your goals and where you actually want to be in life, right? If that's your situation, you have to accept responsibility for the problem. And then you will be able now to start identifying ways to get out of the situation, identify the resources and the tools and the strategies that you're going to use in order to fix the problem. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm going, yes, yes, yes. And I, I know accepting responsibility was the hard part for me. And I had to realize in my case, it was me. There was nothing else. I was just like, Marsha, this is all on you. And then on you, you have to, you know, take the action you need to get out of it. Oh, yeah. That, that was my situation too. It, it was all me. I was pretty much spending money on crap that I didn't need, you know, stuff that I would end up throwing away seven, nine months later, you know, stuff that um, clothes that I wouldn't wear, shoes that I wouldn't wear, bags that I wouldn't use, you know, trinkets 
that were useless. It was all me. And I had to take responsibility for the fact that I was overspending and that I was broke. And only when I faced the person who was responsible for it was only at that point that I was actually able to you know face the situation and take a hold of it and make the changes to get out of debt. Definitely, I'm a woman in the mirror um, <laughs> moment, right? Um, so what you, you said something earlier and I want to highlight it and you even just said it just now when you spoke about nine months from now, this would not have any utility. And you spoke about being conscious of your goals. Mm -hmm. So you're speaking future, future. There's a future thinking that has to happen around money. So though the first step is doing everything you just said, money mindfulness, therefore, and I would, I would assume that's what you're implying, is not something you just start with. But you should have it as a lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, the same problem, the same issue that got you into the problem to begin with, right? If you resolve the problem temporarily, it will rear its ugly head again. So in order to keep on top of that, to, to keep from falling back into the same issue, you have to practice it as a lifestyle, right? This, if, if it's not practiced as a lifestyle, you'll end up back in debt. So let's say you pay off your credit card debt, right? You go to the bank and you get a loan to refinance um, the credit card debt. You pay off the credit card, you pay off the loan. And if you don't take the step to realize what contributed to you falling into that debt spiral to begin with, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. So it's something that you have to consciously practice. And it's not overwhelming. It's not something that's complicated. It can be as simple as once a week, you look at your spending, you look at your bank account, you look at your transaction history and see exactly where did my money go this week? Is it in line with what I budgeted? It's as simple as that. It can be as simple as every quarter, you look at your net worth to see, okay, is my in, are my investments growing? Are my savings growing? Are my liabilities decreasing? It's as simple as that. But if it's not something that's practiced consistently, you will not make any progress on the goals that you have set out to accomplish. It has to be a lifestyle. One step at a time. Charlene, you're speaking to me. And, you know, I take comfort in knowing that I am one of so many. That is, <laughs> it's, it's very comforting. It's unfortunate. It's not like I want to say, Oh, all of us need to be in this together, yay. But it really is a reality of our of our society right now. You know, I just saw a comment, if you could just put it back up for me, producer, um, about the 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 reason that we have this is really a contributing factor of our society. So I'm gonna read that comment. I think we live in a society that creates and enables an environment for people to be in debt. However, it's on us to rescue ourselves but i don't think it's just the individual there's an environment that contributes yeah. to it so we live in that kind of environment and and when you spoke about doing it one time and if you don't keep doing it as a new habit mm -hmm. the lifestyle you will end up back in the same situation listen to me that was me that was also me i was like oh first credit card maxed then i paid it off I was like, God, if you just help me out of this, 
I won't do it again. I'm, I'm telling you, God made a way though, for real. Moratorium came around <laughs> and I just went, shoops. All the interest rate was taken off. I paid that basic and I was like, I'm out. I'm never doing this again. Two years later, Charlene, two years mm -hmm. later. So it's really, um, that's why I said it's in the beginning, you know, it's really a renewing of our mind. That is a, for the English, English scholars here, the present continuous tense yes. is something that we have to do every single day. You can liken it to losing weight, right? Mm -hmm. You want, it's, you have an event coming up. You want to lose 20 pounds to fit into this swanky dress. You know, and you go on this crash diet, right? And you lose the 20 pounds. But if the eating habits have not changed, if you're still eating majority fried foods, if you're still eat, um, consuming a lot of sugar, if you're not exercising, what's going to happen? Within a month or two, if that long, 20 pounds or more are going to come back on. It's the same thing with our finances. If we don't take a step to realize, identify what are my needs, what are my wants? What is contributing to this debt spiral? Is it that I'm spending money on things that don't matter to me? What exactly am I working towards? What am I saving for? What am I investing for? Mm. If you don't take the time to address that, then sad to say, the weight is going to come back on and even more weight. I, I, I re how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was, I was, I, I, I mean, I alluded to it earlier about wealth in all areas of our lives. So I'm not going to touch on it. I'm not going to be like an expert or talk about wealth in health, wealth in, you know, family and relationships, but how you do anything is how you do everything. And, um, and that is true. You will see these habits recurring in other areas of your life when you do not address it in one, maintain it in one, stand on the strength of that, and then you carry it over into other areas. Because, yeah, that, that phenomenal crash diet, getting to the dress fit, and then one year later, I was in the same position again. So now it has me thinking, Marsha, we really have to address way more areas than just your money now. You know, mm -hmm. how is it affecting your other areas, other pillars of your life? Yeah. Um, that was powerful. I, I'm not in, I mean, I'm going to add this question here, but you spoke about future. And you hear the term a lot, delayed gratification. What tips would you give to having individuals focus on the feeling of achieving that long term, that one year from now, five years from now, 10, 25, 50, God's willing, years from now, goal. Like when we're about to spend in this moment and thinking this extra $30, that, that's not a big deal. But then when early retirement is a goal, when, you know, living in your dream um, neighborhood is actually, can actually be possible if you compound this $30 every week, every, every month. Like, could you just speak about what tips would you give individuals to, to focusing on that delayed gratification and the long-term vision? Sure. So interestingly enough, that's one of the first things I work on with any client. Mm -hmm goal setting because i realized that if you don't identify what you are working towards it's a waste of time me sitting with you for hours upon hours it's a waste of time so we sit and we identify the goals 
then we attach a why to the goal. Why do you want this house? Why do you want a new car? Why do you want this dream house? Why are you planning to retire early? And by identifying the why, we drill down into the values, exactly what is important to you, right? And for most persons, it's family mm. and it's time freedom, right? Those two drive, um, gets most of us out of bed in the mornings to go to work and to earn a salary. It's being able to provide for a family and it's being able to have time to do the things that we want to. Now, if you focus on those whys, on those values, trust me, the little trinkets and the, 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 the shopping spree, it's not worth it. Because you're going to think about the fact that if I put aside this $100 or this $1,000, right? If I deny myself of this shopping spree or this temporary fix, I am one step closer to being able to retire early. I'm one step closer to being able to work part-time so that I can spend more time with my children. I'm one step closer to being able to travel with my family and give them the vacation that we've always talked about. It's important to attach a why to your goals. The next thing is practicing delayed gratification by putting the wish item on a list and just sticking it there for 72 hours, right? It's still gonna be there 72 hours later, but you just give yourself this breathing room of a three-day waiting period to see if it was an impulse purchase or if it's a need. If it's a need and there's money there to buy, then by all means, go ahead. But most times that desire disappears within, I'd say 24 to 48 hours. The next thing is to put your goals somewhere where you can see them. For some persons, it might be writing it on a piece of paper and sticking it on a wall, sticking it on your the mirror in your bathroom where every day you see it when you're brushing your teeth. It might be setting a screensaver on your laptop. So every time you boot up your computer, it's there. It's having the goal visible so that you can visibly see what you're working towards. The next thing is tracking, right? Mm -hmm. If you're saving towards, let's say, a dream vacation or a, a new home purchase, right? It might seem like you're not making progress, but if you're tracking it and you're saying month after month, you're seeing the amount going up, trending up. It might not go up at the same rate as it goes up every month, right? It might go up 10% one month, 50% another month. But if the overall trend is up, that keeps you motivated to say, yeah, I'm making progress and I'm this much closer to the finish line. Wow. Those are four, four powerful tips. I love it. What's your goal? What's the why? Delay the gratification. I, I have seen that work so very well. I will literally just say, today I feel for sushi. Here in Jamaica, you know that is a high bill. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the most affordable, not the most, yeah, you're going you're gonna to spend what you could have spent on um, groceries for maybe two weeks on mm -hmm. just like, one meal, sushi. That's my thing. But I will say it, and then my husband will look at me and say, you really want it? 
I said, feel for, the feel for guys. And, and I, mean, I mean, one of the viewers said emotional spending, feeling spending, the feel for one of the worst things. Once you say that, you go, mm -mm. Mm -hmm. feel for sushi, feel for it. And then he'll go, okay. And I said, oh, don't worry. Let, let's just think about it. And I process it. I think about it. I look at what I know is going to cost. I'm not going to lie to myself, face the cost. And then I go, mm, nope, not right now. You and then there are other times when yes. you might give into it, right? Because yes. yeah, it 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 fills some need, true, an unspoken true. need. So, or can we speak about how it can actually some of these higher tickets? You know, high is relative to each individual mm -hmm. items. Could we set them up as rewards? What about rewarding yourself? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um building little rewards along the way right mm -hmm. because on this journey it, it can be grueling it can feel like um a suck mm -hmm. right it can feel like it's it's always a sacrifice but mm -hmm. if you're building those little rewards along the way it makes it worthwhile so it might be a trip to the spa it might be mm -hmm. um mani pedi if if you if that's something that you don't do regularly right it might be a a fancy meal right it keeps you motivated and it keeps you moving to the next target so of course i love those little emotional wins and um celebratory wins that we can build in along the way to keep us going all right awesome now charlene we spoke about facing our reality accepting it acknowledging it we're doing this for long-term goals and a lot of these goals are attached to wealth creation. So how truly does this lifestyle of tracking, managing, money restoration become important stepping stones to wealth creation? Why do we start here? And how does that end up in wealth creation? The reality is disposable income is your superpower, right? Mm. If you are in debt and you're paying most of your money to the bank, it's going to be working for the bank instead of working for you. Because the principles of money, they are they are simple and they are true no matter who you are, no matter your race, no matter your class, no matter your situation. The principles of money are the same across the board. So compound interest, right, which is money compounding over time and growing faster over time, it can work either for the bank or for you you decide who it will work for. So if you are able to retain that money, you are now able to use that money and build wealth because you can invest it and use it now to come, let that money compound and use that now to pave your path to building wealth, to pave that path to retiring early or whatever your investment goal, it might be to start a new business, I don't know but you have to have disposable income. And the wider that gap is between your income and your spending, that gap is what is going to work for you. Charlene, you have made this conversation very simple. And I think that's what I'm <laughs> loving about you. You have literally, like, this does not sound complicated. Mm -hmm. It's a journey, but it is certainly not complicated. And so as I mentioned, when I introduced you, you are a money coach. So you actually provide this service to individuals. Where can they find you and what can they expect um, when they work with you? 
Sure. So I am mostly on Instagram at Charlene Money Coach. I also have the same handle on Facebook. And yes, I do offer financial coaching or money coaching. And pretty much what we talked about here, it's the same approach I have with my clients. It's not fluff. It's Mm -hmm. not complicated. It is to the point. It's something that you can pretty much execute on your own after you stop working with me because it's something that is going to be practical, realistic, and suitable for your lifestyle. That's my approach. I love to break things all the way down so that you are motivated to actually go out and do it on your own. You, you, again, you have kept this so simple. You have honestly, like there is a piece that I feel, and I'm sure anybody listening that are, that is experiencing the financial stress and strain of being in that average of 90,000 per household. Sheesh. Like, if that is you, you should be feeling hopeful. You should feel as if, if I just get this help, then I will be able to take the steps necessary. And it may not be tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, let us not fool ourselves. A lot of us have this thing where we go, well, it needs to work in one month. I need to do this in two months. And I'm like, it took 15 years to get here, eight years to get here. Give yourself that time. Um, and give yourself grace as well. Forgive yourself, give yourself the grace, but give yourself the time and put in that work. Now, Charlene, as you leave us right now, I, I tend to like to recommend a book, right? A book that kind of captures this concept that we discussed today and, um, you know, even more that others can also, you know, empower themselves, you know, self-help, personal development, what book would you recommend right now to someone who's an, a reader that would like to know, continue learning more for their journey? I love my, I, I love to recommend The Richest Man in Babylon simply because it's not complicated. It's easy to read. It's in a story narrative. So it's not a finance heavy book, but it's filled with so many practical gems and The fact that it was written in the 1920s and the same principles applies today, it always wows me. So that's my go-to for anybody who's just starting out on their journey, The Richest Man in Babylon. The Richest Man in Babylon, if I'm not mistaken, that is by George Clayson. Yes. All right. Yes. And you can get that on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle. You can get it on Audibles. Just get it. You can get it on YouTube. Ah, it's free, free there. <laughs> right. You can get it on YouTube for free. I mean, I'm going to I'm not going to lie to you. I listened to the uh, the audible version, but it was one of those books that because of the principles it was packed with, like you mentioned, money principles are simple. I am a writer. I love to I still do the pen and paper. <laughs> so I had to get the physical mm-hmm. copy so I could write my little notes and say, "Hey," or highlight here and there. But to each his own. And I know for some, they're saying, you know, she said it's free on YouTube and it costs $13 on Amazon. Marsha, really, I'm going to have to spend $13. And as a matter of fact, just to tie it in with even your coaching services, currently persons are in debt. You need to get out. And there are some people that just need to jump that hurdle that says, Mm -hmm. I have to spend some money to then learn to then be helped, to then get out. Oh yeah. What Definitely. do you have to say about that as we close? 
what would you encourage others about a lot of persons they they will forever be stuck in a spiral and not know how to get out and the minute they sit with a coach or somebody who knows more than them it's the minute that cycle breaks i've seen it in my own life right i've i've been getting coaching in other areas and it pays to sit with somebody who can save you hours and weeks and years of stress and get experience from somebody who can give you information in an hour, right? The time it's going to take you to sort things out yourself, to figure things out yourself, to watch the videos, to try and map it out yourself. You might as well just pay somebody who has been there, done that, has various strategies that can help you, who can see things that you are not able to see and have them work with you and give you the accountability because that's another thing. The accountability factor, it's what a lot of us need. We need somebody to check in on us, to support us, right? Because this journey can get very lonely. It can get very hard because that is normal, right? We see everybody doing it. You need somebody in your corner to push them to say, yes, it's worth it. Just keep going, right? You're right around the bend. So that's what I'd say. Just invest. You can check out free resources on my page if you're not ready to take the leap yet. You know, check out what I have to offer and see what others have to say about it as well. Charlene, it's been an absolute pleasure. Honestly, it has been. Thank you for keeping um, the conversation very simple, relatable. Um, it is so encouraging knowing that someone like you who had the same experiences as us, interestingly, even while being a professional in the space, was able to now um, apply to herself and now help others. So God bless you, Charlene. Now, Thank you so much, Marsha Gay. You're very welcome. Thank you so much. And again, Charlene, Money Coach on Instagram. You can find her there. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining me today for the Wealth Mindset. I know, I don't have to hope, I know you are encouraged I know you were informed and I know you were inspired. It's been an absolute pleasure of mine to lead and to learn along with you. Let's get connected. I am found on all social platforms under Marsha Gay Miles. And you can find me there. You can message me there. We can keep this conversation going there. And remember to like, share, and subscribe. Click this notification bell for upcoming episodes of when we are going live, when we upload a video, and please continue to share your comments even as you watch this recording right now. Share the comments because we love getting your feedback and we love to hear what you're interested in talking about on upcoming episodes of Wealth Mindset Show. Always hold your vision, keep the faith, stay in gratitude, and live on purpose. Goodbye for now. See you next week. And we will close up with a special message from one of our partners here in today's Spotlight. Bye-bye. Are you ready for the weekend? Weekends on UME Radio. Get the UME Radio app. Weekends on UME Radio. The sun is up and so are we. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram and Facebook, all at UME Radio. UME Radio. Positive entertainment 24-7. Subscribe on YouTube and click the notification bell.